Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's Malls. It's episode 27 of Please Advise. My guest today... <laughs> 127. 127. It's episode 127 of Please Advise. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Christina Lopez is an angel. And our guest today is Frankie Greek, who you guys might remember from the Please Advise 100 episode special. Um, she came out here, I mean, just for us, right? Yeah. You flew out here yeah, just Yeah, I was for just us. talking about this on Snapchat, that I was basically like, I needed a reason to make the trip. Like, I wanted to. I wanted to come see a friend. I kind of low-key wanted to come see a boy. So I was like, this is a good reason. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you guys were like, yeah, come, I was like, cool, kayak.com. I'm there. Do you use kayak? I love kayak. I do too. You great. do? Yeah. I just go to southwest.com, baby. I always start at kayak. And then like if I, f- if I feel like I can get cheaper somewhere else, I just got a southwest credit card though. So I've been trying yeah. to do more southwest. I'm all My about first those rapid rewards. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I got an Amazon credit card, which oh is God. huge for me because – I buy everything on Amazon from paper towels to underwear to jeans to whatever. Everything is from Amazon. You get 5% back on your Amazon purchases if you have Amazon Prime. That's amazing. I do. Yeah. You get 2% back on restaurants, gas stations, and hotels. And you get 1% back on all purchases. So, like, I feel like a very – I feel very smart right now. Yeah, I feel like definitely. I'm doing a lot of great things with my life. And I kind of love credit card points. Yeah. I feel like not a lot of people use them, though. Like, my accountant said to me, I wish more of my I wish more of my clients use their credit card points. Right. And I'm like, you've got, like, super rich people up in here that are probably charging things on their black card. Like, what are their points getting? <laughs> anyway, they're just sitting there. Yeah, I got, like, a GoPro with my points. That's like, amazing. I can, you go on and you cash them in, you know? Yeah. Have you done that yet? No, I haven't. I've only had this card for, like, two months. I held out for as long as I could because I didn't trust myself. And then I got to the point I where I was feeling. like, I have to get a credit card. Like, it just has to happen. You just need to establish credit is right. the other thing. And then, like, of course, you can't rent a car in a lot of states without a credit right. card, which a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Um, I went to Texas and had no idea I needed a credit card. All I'd ever had in my life was a debit card. Yeah. And so I had to like – my friend happened to be there and I was like, can I use your credit card for a major, <laughs> major expense? Yes. <laughs> and trust that I'll pay you back? Um, okay. But you just moved here to LA. I did. Not for please advise. Not for please advise. But because you got a new job. I did, yeah. What do you do? 
Um, I work in social media. Uh Um, I had been freelancing for the past two and a half years or so, kind of like doing everything all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got an Very efficiently. Yeah. No, honestly, you you work. She gives like little like job tips on her Snapchat. I watch her Snapchat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. But she was just like, I like to follow up with my clients and do like a deep dive on what I could have improved on. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you're like legit. Like. Uh, it's a it's a lot of I I've experienced a lot of in the past six months like a lot of hardcore imposter syndrome uh-huh. and now that I'm in a f- I'm in a full time job now and there was a part of me that was like uh like you know because when you're freelancing you have that like hustle mentality and, yes. you know you're around other freelancers or whatever and you kind of like are always kind of feeding off the adrenaline of it and you kind of always have to be on and always looking for new mm-hmm. clients and always following up with your old clients because like that's how you make your money yeah and switching to be having a full time job there was a little part of me that was like eh, like you know like I'm not I'm not hustling as hard as as I used to have to uh-huh. but it's also like really affirming to be around a team of people that you work with and you don't you kind of like know that you know your shit and yeah of like when I was freelancing I was just having to constantly convince people I knew my shit and then at the end of the day I'd be like do I know what I'm talking about like do I know things about social media but you work very consistently I would say like it seems like you do a lot of stuff on camera just like creating content and doing stuff like that that's actually not I mean you're you're in a very saturated market and you have managed to really thrive in it which I think is very impressive right also especially for one of our younger guests I feel like you're one of the harder working guests that we've had and one of the ones that has a job that you can't also be a super like partier while doing right, I feel like yeah. you have to be I feel like you're very focused and that is a rare quality and a generally freelancers like mm-hmm. there's the hustle there but there's a little bit more of like a, a panic that kind of, it's more of like a fear driven right thing. yeah exactly it's a lot I, of anxiety but I think that also you you make it seem a very adult the way that you do it I don't see like that like messy Right. frenetic energy that I see with a good, lot of people. Good, good. I'm glad it thing. comes across that way. Yeah. <laughs> You're so young. Know. How old are you? Uh, I'm 24. I'll be 25 in July. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just like went through a thing where I realized that I'm a baby because I like, I don't know if it's New York or just because I was working in social media and like when I, I used to work for a company called the Shorty Awards. So I was working with a lot of like Viners and Instagrammers mm-hmm. and like m- musers, which are like musically people. Oh, I know and, what like, they are. Oh, okay. I had to <laughs> I educate know. my, that was the first time that I like felt old on the internet. I was like this is something that missed me because I don't get it and yeah so like being around that energy and all these people and like meeting like you know 19 year old viners who are worth like a couple mil is just like really like what am I doing with my life so it's (laughs) I had to get to a point where I was like stop comparing yourself to other people Mm -hmm. yeah and also you're a fucking infant like yeah (laughs) so like just chill so I feel like I'm just now getting up a lot on this podcast it's just like it's uh, so hard it's a thief of joy as Leslie Grossman once said Yes. So um, one thing I wanted to ask you, though, is like I think about this a lot because I don't know Musical.ly stars because (laughs) I love Musical.ly. I know about them because I get obsessed with weird pockets of the Internet. And like I can't believe how sexual some of these very young girls are. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then like, of course, you get into that part of the Internet where it's like now it's like the response video and it's like some older man like talking about some 13 year old girl very her very sexy performance Mm -hmm. and they all look like oh they all look like older there's right that's not how I looked when I was 13 no there's something (laughs) about this new generation of kids their bodies are shaped differently Uh they look more adults it's just like it's different I mean everyone kind of looks like Kylie Jenner that's what I was gonna say it's like the Kylie Jenner effect yeah like it's in, it's intense. I'm so glad that like I'm you know 
social media became a part of my life a little bit later, not too much later, but it was also so different, I think, because we didn't all have camera phones. Yeah. So, like, when I got, su- like, I got super into, like, Zanga when yeah. I was, like, 15 and 16. And, like, that, you know, there's some, like, dark corners of Zanga and, like, who knows if the people I was talking to on, you know, groups on Zanga oh, were sure. actually adults or not. But, oh, like, sure. I-, I wasn't, you know, like, an Instagram model at age 14 and I feel very grateful for that. So, that is cyberbullying. I don't think I have, you know, I would rather someone, like, an adult human be mean to me that to my face than be like a 14 year old girl like on Twitter yeah it sounds awful yeah no for sure I don't know how people like I get hurt by the comments like oh my God, I accidentally yeah. fell into like so I have um emotionally broken psychos my other podcast mm-hmm. about reality tv and I was asking Nicole like hey do we have any new referral links because I was trying to find out like if we're on lists and stuff like that I want to know right so I she's she sent me one and it was a blog that's like um, it's like a kind of like a specific blog about one person, like making fun of them. Mm-hmm. And I, for years, I read this blog because I thought it was hilarious, right. right? And I had mentioned it, and I think that I shorthand like called it a hater blog or something right. on um, emotionally broken psychos. <laughs> and so she thought that it was like them being like, oh, they talked about us, but like instead, it turned into like this girl who's terrible at podcasts, like, she shouldn't even be hosting a oh, podcast. God. She upspeaks and says like right. too much. Um, you know, she was talking about us and she called us haters. And then it goes Which, into... Which, by the way, those commentaries tell me a lot about the age range of the people commenting. <laughs> what do you mean? When they're critiquing Upspeak or Vocal Fry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So There's it's like... a certain subset of age people. Uh, exactly. I'm so tired of talking about Vocal Fry. Me too. <laughs> I'm so tired of fucking defending myself. So... Because it's... I've just talked about it on too many podcasts now. I can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> but I will say this, okay? Um... They go on and on to, like, go on and speak about my financial situation, what they perceive to be my lifestyle, um, accusations of – someone called me, like, a drug addict or Mm -hmm. something. And I – first of all, I love it when people call me a drug addict because I am so confused about what drug it is that I'd be on. Like, I'm always just, like – like, I'm way too low energy for even legal speed. Yeah. Um, I definitely, like – I couldn't – live if I was out doing coke every night and that would definitely I'd be skinnier um if I was on heroin like I would be taking the naps that I want to be taking all the time right I don't know what drug I'd be on I do wonder if it's like that subset of people who think that marijuana marijuana is like a severe drug yeah that's still a a great danger yeah people think of like people like are you you're using marijuana (laughs) yeah I mean there's a reason why it's not legal country right yeah true true yeah but I mean I would think people would be a little bit more chic than that and also it's like I don't even know if I'm a daily weed smoker anymore. I mean, yeah. definitely several days a week, but not like I'm not a wake and baker. Right. Um, but anyway, so I thought that was a, I, I, it just was like, I was really hurt by the comments and yeah. I don't know how, and no, I know it's and, tough and I know better than that. Like right. I like came of t- like, I came up in the don't read the comments, don't generate, read the comments. you know? And yeah. so we were, I mean, at first, like, we were almost instructed to read the comments, like, at yeah. certain jobs I had, where it was, like, it's important that not only you're reading the comments, but that you're in them, and if someone says something to you, like, don't feel the need to snark back, just, like, mm-hmm. ignore it or whatever, but I read the comments, and they really fucking hurt my feelings, and I don't know how that's ever supposed to not hurt a person. Like, exactly. I, I'm not sh- – like, what are you supposed to do? Just be like, oh, they're old and weird, and they don't get me, and they're, you know, I, I, I never like to go yeah. to – oh. The- 
they're jealous. I hate they're jealous yeah. because it's delusional. I mean, I think it, it, for me, it always just comes back to like hurt people, hurt people. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I always just like, I realized recently that I'm sensitive to to the point that like, okay, so the company I work for is called Uproxx and they upload these like little daily like breaking news videos like 10 to 12 a day. And I'm the person who uploads them and like writes the copy. But like I don't shoot these videos. I don't edit these videos. It's not any of my like my brain or my – and I still like if someone says something negative about the video in the comments, I get offended. And I'm like whatever. And like, you know, they cover a lot of politics. So that's just delving into like a whole other point of the internet. And then – For, like, my personal stuff, like, Snapchat's my biggest platform, and Snapchat is, like, basically anonymous. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if someone says something shitty to me on Snapchat, I'm the only person who sees it. Mm -hmm. And, like, I screenshot it, and I put it on blast if it's something, like, real ignorant, but it's, like, you know, I have to go through breaks, especially with, like, the political stuff. Like, I Snapchatted me at, like... A protest in New York City and I didn't open a single snap for like 48 hours after that because I just knew it was going to be a bunch of like ignorant stuff and it, it it weighed on me so much more than I thought that it did yeah Ugh. you would have like I mean a much bigger snapchat or probably more diverse and young snapchat audience mm-hmm. that I have as well and so for me it's usually like people that either found me because they went out of their way to find me right or because um, someone that they admire recommended me, so like therefore right. they're just doing like the like the worship thing too. Yeah. But um, my biggest thing on Snapchat is how many people tell me things that I can't be- I can't believe that I'm the person in their life they think they should tell right. that to. Oh do my you god, get yeah. that a lot? I do. Yeah, especially with you know some like younger girls. Mm-hmm. It's my, I like the most act because you can't really know who your followers are on Snapchat, right? But the, my most active like the people who are communicating with me seem to be like younger girls and then like thirty year old dudes and then like mid fifties housewives. I get a lot of especially around the election. I had a lot of like middle of the country housewives who were like I watch you on my iPad or I watch you with my grandson and we like text about it like whatever and they were just kept saying like how disappointed they were in me that I was voting for Hillary and how like I should be more aware of like who my audience is whatever and then like saying like really ignorant things about like the travel ban because that that was the protest that I was at and stuff like that and like basically like these older women talking to me as if I'm like a surrogate daughter and as as if I owe them something right and I just like it started to make me really uncomfortable and it's it's really hard because Snapchat's such an intimate platform. Like, mm-hmm. it's the only time that you're taking up someone's entire screen on their phone, like, really paying attention to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's people – like, I feel like I know you because I follow you on Snapchat. Totally. And I know that there's people that. who feel the same way about me or have mm-hmm. been following me for such a long time or whatever. And, like, I've met a couple of them, like, when I've traveled and, like, you know, met up with them or whatever. And, like, it's really, really cool. But there's also just, like a like, an inverse of that that gets, like, a little too, like – you don't know me and you don't have a right to like anything about my life or to have like aggressive opinions. So I just, I have to make myself take breaks from like reading the comments basically. So I was just, it's funny that you say that though, because I have been re-listening. I've been doing a lot of research on Britney Spears (laughs) and I recently re-listened to my friend Andrea Siegel's episode of Mystery Show, that Gimlet Mm -hmm. media show that Starly Kine hosted for a while. And basically her episode was about how Britney was seen out holding her book. Long story short, Starly couldn't get to anyone on Britney's team, so she right. had to go to the VIP meet and greet. And Felicia, Britney's well-known assistant, was the person who took you through the tour. And the last thing she said before the meet and greet, which was like the highest tier, I think you had to pay twenty five hundred dollars oh to go God. to it, and you got to you got to just go out, take a selfie with Britney, and then you were done. Um, but she said, "Just remember something." She's like, "You're about to meet Britney," and. You're going to introduce yourself to her and she's probably going to introduce herself back and you're going to think, of course, 
I know who you right. are. I know you. But you have to remember that Britney doesn't know you. And yeah. like that was – I was just like – First of all, how long must have it have taken for them to put together that phrasing? Do you know what I right. mean? How long has that been going on? Like that people have like how many meet right. greets went like, out of what control? Happened that what made happened that necessary? That made that <laughs> yeah, necessary. yeah, yeah. They're like, but of course, you're Britney Spears. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, uh, okay. like, okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> she, you're just a normal person. That's why I'm actually was not at all shocked and thought it was a very good thing that Justin Bieber, of all people, canceled his meet and greets because it is yeah. fucking draining to meet that it, many people that think they right. know you. And mm-hmm. I only know that on, like, a meetup of, like, 15 people scale. Right. Have you watched so, the Netflix special with the MagCon kids, the, like, famous Instagram model boys? I forget their um, name. Is it is it the Cameron thing? Yeah, Cameron Dallas. I want to – I really want to watch you that. Would That's on my list. You would love it because okay. it, it really just hones in on them meeting, like, hundreds of thousands of teen girls mm-hmm. who, like, basically in their heads, these girls have relationships with these boys. Uh-huh. But you, they're so – the guys themselves are really, really young. I think they might be 20, and they've been yeah. doing this for so long. And you can just see it in them, and they do their little testimonials, and they're yeah. – they just feel such a responsibility for these and these girls are telling them like you know that they have eating disorders or that they cut themselves and like this or this is happening in their families and he's just like taking it all and like just feels so responsible and it's just like I think that like social media has warped the idea of celebrity so much and like accessibility so much where it's like you know, you can, especially on a platform like Snapchat when, like, you have no idea how many other people are watching this person and feeling the same connection. So yeah. it's just, like, it's well, crazy. It's, it's interesting because this whole concept came up during – I don't know if you guys listened to the Missing Richard Simmons of podcast. Course. Yeah. But uh, – which, problematic podcast, but that's – I was so upset by the end. <laughs> I've I never seen furious. more think pieces about one podcast. I know. I was furious. Um, but, you know, he's talking about how, like, you kind of are a therapist to the people without having a – learning to equip your Yourself with the the ability to handle all these things right. that the people are taking on to you. Yeah, it's empathy addiction. Like right. I really do think that there is. I think that I suffer from that on a very low level, mm-hmm. where it's like I do take it on very personally when someone reaches out to me on this podcast or on Snapchat or whatever. Right to the point that it really, really affects me. Like it's, I feel like I'm a gatekeeper sometimes to like keep the like crazy stuff and be like, hey, this is not we can't we don't have the capacity to answer something. People like are just this. can Please you just get call real me help. personally? Like people will do that. They'll be like, I can't I don't want to ask on air, but can you just call me? And it's right. like no. <laughs> like first of all, you can't afford me. Secondly, like uh but no, it's it is it's um it's tough. And I do wonder, I was gonna ask you originally, this is my original tangent was I was going to ask you, so you meet these, like, you know, 19-year-olds out of a couple mil in the bank. Mm-hmm. What do you think their trajectory is? Because a couple mil in the bank is great, right. but that's not going to last you for the rest of your life unless it's very well invested. Right. And for the most part, a lot of these kids are not super well investing their money. First of all, I think a lot of them come from strange homes because yeah. in order for your child to even be allowed – I mean, if, my mom would have never let me – put shit like that on the internet. Right. Let alone get on a tour bus with, like, six boys and, like, travel around the country. <laughs> travel the country there's meeting like, teen I think girls. There's, like, I've seen a Musical.ly tour that's, like, one girl and six boys. And yeah. I'm like, my mom would never let me do that. No, no, There would need to not. be so many fucking adults on that bus for right. that to ever go down. And, like, it's – I don't think there is. I think there's, like, a bus driver, maybe <laughs> one chaperone. Right. Like, you know someone's fucking in the back. Like, exactly. you know that. Someone's getting a handy J. Yeah. Right. Someone, and, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what do you think their trajectory is? I don't know. I mean, and I think I would have had a different answer to this question a year ago, but I think that like, I think you're absolutely right. I think Vine came out during a time where like technology hadn't really caught up with parents yet and they didn't realize like giving a kid an iPhone was connecting them to the whole world. And like, yeah. there were so, there's so many stories of kids who became like 
famous on Vine, like had like, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers and their parents had no idea. No, yeah. No idea whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so I think that combined with the fact that like Vine no longer exists, like I think that in this day and age, you do kind of have to be like a little bit business savvy in order to move your followers to a different platform. And a lot of these kids aren't old enough to really figure that out. But yeah, but there are a lot of them have managers and representation and other people working with them to kind of do that. So I've seen I've seen a ton of these viners like move to YouTube and move to this, do that, like like rack up as many brand deals as they can. I mean, I think it honestly just depends on like the ones that I think have staying power are the ones that have like a genuine talent, like the ones yeah. who are like musicians doing this, doing that. Because if you're just a personality, like your fan base is going to outgrow you. Like these 13 year olds are going to become 23 year olds and they're not going to care anymore and they're not going to like buy the products that you're shilling and like that kind of thing. But there are people like YouTubers that have done that very well, I mm-hmm. think, of like aging with their audience. Yes. Um, and like I think that that is, I mean, that's more of a medium for it. I think wasn't the problem with Vine essentially that you couldn't monetize it within the platform. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard to, yeah. So, I don't know, dude. I, I just fucking, like, I think I want a boob job. Yeah? That's what, that's what all, that's, <laughs> what, that's the thought that I've come to after, <laughs> after that entire speech. That's fair. Um, I went to a, um, a, a matchmaking event last weekend in Baltimore. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah, the, I saw you were in Baltimore. The tweets from these were, like, insane oh, fire. Oh, I love Baltimore. I'm originally from, like, the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Whenever people ask me, like, if it's closer to Philly or Pittsburgh, I always say Baltimore because it's yeah. the honest truth. So what was your – was that your first time? Uh, no. I, okay. I, I dated someone from Baltimore. So I spent, oh, like, nice. a pretty large amount of time there. But what – I mean, it was just literally – 48-hour trip. Um, Dang. So I got into a time machine, and I went to Baltimore, and I went to this matchmaking seminar where this woman was – I mean, I said it. We haven't aired the podcast about it yet, but, like, this is a woman who had a plastic surgeon there to give us, like, consultations and kind of, like, suggest some stuff that we can do, and she gave people makeovers. I do want to say that I was identified as having the best sweater in the room for attracting men. Um, So it was, like, a teal Tory Burch sweater that I got at Nordstrom Rack, which Susan, the matchmaker, would not like because she's all about that money. Was this just for straight people? Of course Ooh. it was. It was for it was for finding rich men. Right. Oh. That was also the purpose of it. It was that was like, the pitch. Like yes, Got and it. and our and our guest of honor was like former bachelor Chris Souls. Oh, good. And so, and my friend Amy, like that's like her man. Like, yeah, she, it's her like, ultimate. She like loves him, and I. Just like I don't, I can't like he's just like a bro to me. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I said to my, I said to my friends in a group email after I was like, I want to wear UGG boots, not date them. Like he's right. just, he's just so basic, and but he looked hot. He is hot in person, mm-hmm. not my type. Fifteen minute Q and A. We were there for six hours. We had to oh at goodness. one point. Someone from the Department of Social Services came out and started talking to us about foster care charities, and. They, as, like, they, part of the program? And there was no context given as to why she was there. So when they were like, so-and-so is here from the Department of Social Services, I was like, Amy, shut your computer. They know we're here. Like, I have no <laughs> idea why she I, – I honestly, like, I turned into a fucking puddle of nerves because yeah. as soon as Chris Souls came out, Amy, who had been, like, typing on her laptop the whole day, um, she <laughs> – she got like tapped on the shoulder by like country club security that was hired by the matchmaker for the day, uh-huh. and um, they, he was basically like, "Ma'am, you can't, you can't record." And she's like, "I'm not recording." And he's like, "Well, you can't write down anything he says." And she was like, "Says who?" And he was like, 
says me. And then she's like, I'm sorry, who are you? Right. And he's like, I'm security. And she's like, for who? <laughs> and like, I just, I really do have to say I admired Amy's persistence. Right. Because like, the second anyone with a bow tie or a regular tie right. or even a stern face and a name tag tells me what to do, I will do it. Yeah. Like, I will drop to my like knees and just like, put my hands behind my head like I understand I'm in trouble like I get very very nervous about everything I'm way too Catholic for this as soon as that happened my palms started sweating I had to pee every 30 minutes I was like I was I was short of breath I think there was long periods of time in which I was just holding my breath I was so freaked out that oh, we were getting in trouble because I was roasting her on Twitter too and I never said her name because uh-huh. I was I'm I was like what if she sues me and I'm like she can't sue me for paying to come to her seminar and like tweeting my thoughts about it but like it was bad we had some fake eyelashes glued on us that a woman who had like shaved eyebrows got some penciled in next to me while I was having fake lashes glued to me by some local area Baltimore makeup artist all to find a rich man and and uh, all to find a rich man and you know I asked Susan there was a very interesting thing that she brought up that made me think of please advise nation Mm -hmm. um and basically she said that all of us stick to these superficial lists of what we like must love, like, must love dogs, okay, which I do not think is superficial and we got in a fight no. about. I was like, you know, if you don't love dogs, you're a fucking psychopath. Right. Um, or the movie. You know. Yeah, she said, she said, you can't post photos of do- of your dogs in your Tinder or, like, your dating profile pictures because some guys might not like dogs. She told another girl. Um, so this was, like, a Tinder-sanctioned thing? Yeah, and then, and I said, I said, Amy and I both have really cute dogs, so we're sitting there looking at each other being like, don't like fifty percent of the intros for you start with like, dude, you have a really cute dog. Yeah. Like, and I'm and I that's always an intro for me too. Is like when I see a guy with a cute dog. So she also like has this other rule where it's like, um, uh, you know, no, so nothing superficial except he you you can want him to be wealthy. That's the other thing because she <laughs> sent us home with a wild article which we will tweet from the Please Advise account because absolutely everyone needs to read this article from 2007 that she sent us home with which is about finding a rich man which made me like lol especially because it was written right before the economic collapse. But um, <laughs> Did she write it? It was her No, article? it was oh. like some some person who wrote, writes for Money Magazine. And like in 10 years she couldn't find a new one? No. I mean I think that just this for Susan as like her like he's just not that in you or something like right. this is like her, her ultimate this is her source text Got right it. so um she says to one woman in the audience she's like now she's like who do you call when you've had a bad day and you want to vent because this is like her t- trying to get, tell us how to find the non-superficial right she goes mm, my friend kathy and she's like and why do you call kathy and she's like well she's empathetic and she listens and she makes me feel good. And Susan was like, that's what she wanted in a man. She's <laughs> like, you want someone who's empathetic, who listens, and who makes you feel good. Those are non-superficial traits. And I'm sitting there being like a person that's kind of internal. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I'm like, if I have a bad – okay, so my guy, if I have a bad day, I don't want to call anyone. Right? right? Like sometimes I just want to like go in my room and punish myself or wait till I go to therapy and like – Right. Complain about how unmanageable and terrible my life is to my therapist. Um, sometimes I tell Christina, but there's a lot of times that I do not yes. tell anyone. And so I raised my hand and I said, what if when you get upset, you don't want to call anyone? And she goes, oh, well, you're fucked. <laughs> and I was like, and I go, 
That's okay. I'm absolutely fine with that's that. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Great. But like, I mean, there she I mean, that's a very narrow example, Susan. And so what I I, I should probably stop saying her name, but um <laughs> what I will say is that I, it did take me an embarrassingly long time to realize that she doesn't speak in statements, she speaks in non-statements mm-hmm. that make you feel like you've just heard something, but by the time you realize that it was actually nothing, it's like you've moved on to a new subject. Right. So she says, um, what did she say? Oh, that was so good. Wait a minute. Oh, so essentially every question I realized came back to you have to pay for a seven, like a 10 series with her, 10 like one-on-one session, like package, and it costs $7,900. Oh my goodness. Um, Every single tip that she had ultimately came back to spending an insane amount of money. Like, so for all of these women out in Annapolis, Maryland, what they're supposed to do if they want to meet a man is join a VIP concierge service that will send you to movie premieres and um, VIP charity auctions and gallery openings. Is this woman married? Susan is married and to a rich man. Yeah, and when okay. and, and we also found out um, we also found found out that she declared bankruptcy because she <laughs> told us how to like stalk men. So Amy got Lexus Nexus and did like a whole background check on her. Oh my god! And Susan had totally declared bankruptcy, and her real name is like Denise. Oh dang! Oh my gosh, she's a fucking con artist. Yeah. So I have a follow up question for you, Molly. What? And then we should probably get some call to some calls or something. Yes. Um, if you were to run a dating seminar, what would be like the hitch of it or the theme and frankie you can answer this question oh too. goodness don't but don't compromise on anything yeah that would be my yeah. thing don't <laughs> no, like mean, compromise on anything like get your money up and right. then make a decision from there but like don't like you know, I, I think it's very important for anyone, but especially for a woman to have options. And I feel like you work for options. And right. I feel like when you get stuck with someone and then from there feel like you need to change for them or that things about you aren't right. I'm not, I'm okay with some types of compromise, but in general, the idea of compromise in a relationship freaks me out. Right. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I know a lot of shit about a lot of shit, but the one thing I know nothing about is dating. So I am comfortable enough to say that my only piece of advice in that regard is don't meet men on Twitter. Do you date? Uh, no. You're I mean, on a hiatus? I like, I've been on a hiatus. I don't know. I like, I come from a really, really small town where like all of my siblings were either married or engaged by the time they were my age. All my cousins, same thing. I like thought I was going to marry my high school boyfriend oh, like yeah. very seriously. So Didn't like, we all? right. So like my approach to, to dating post that was like, not great and it's just like I mean I can sit here and be like uh, dating in New York like dating in New York is a pain in the ass but like I didn't even try I was just kind of like I'm the type of person who like I fall into a lot of like situationships yeah like I always pull dudes, that's a good word I always pull dudes out of the friend zone which like sounds like it, I know. it's gonna be good and it never yeah, is fuck that it never is done so. with that yeah I've learned some lessons oh. I've learned too I'm many surprised. lessons in the last like month what I said I'm surprised I feel like Frankie's probably a catch I mean, no, I I'd love to you be. probably freak people out. <laughs> I do. I do freak. And people tell me that. Are I you dating older? Because no, I feel like that's you probably what I might need to do. Yeah. Because you have I your shit too much together yeah, for yeah, yeah. a 24 year old. No. I don't know what you're right. Where, which way you do sway. You know but like, yeah. you have your shit together more than most people. In your <laughs> Good. Age. I'm glad and to hear that. But that's scary to people because it, like, yeah. it has that thing. It's kind of like imposter syndrome where you're looking at people and you're like, I should what's going on in my life? I should be there. Exactly. 
I was thinking today that maybe the perfect person for me to date is a 24-year-old. Really? Yeah. Like, maybe I should just be done trying to make these 36-year-old men that are uh, fucking- They're dr- broken. Drowning in their broken emotional oceans. Right. To, uh, maybe, you, <laughs> you know? raise a boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not- Why, what am I, like, no. Maybe I should just, like- Get some 24-year-old that worships me. My friend yeah. Stacy swears by that. Ooh, she's I love like, that. She's like, it's amazing. Like, you should date She's like, down. it's amazing. Yeah. Like, he's, like, obsessed with me. Like, you know, at some the point. sex is great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's smart. Maybe we need to switch. Maybe I need to try out some 36-year-olds. dicks work. No, don't. <laughs> Honestly, you're too young to give up on sex. Yeah, that's um, fair. All right. So let's take some phone calls. <laughs> it's true. Their dicks don't work. <laughs> hey, Miles. Christina in the freezer bag. Yes. Um, my name is Bobby. I'm from Massachusetts, currently living in Springfield, going to grad school. I called a few days ago in a drunken stupor, um, but I did have a question and needed some advice. What do you? How do you feel about people living in Los Angeles that are not in the entertainment industry? I'm looking to go into higher education and working at a college or university and thinking about Los Angeles, but I wasn't sure how great it is for people not in the entertainment industry. Please advise. Thanks. Bye. Um, okay. This is episode 127, right? Yes. Bobby, you might want to refer to one of the last 126 episodes of this podcast in which I said people who move to L.A. who don't want to be in this business are fucking insane. <laughs> um, and this is the worst place to move. Uh, go to San Diego. So like, you mean like the entertainment industry and media? Yeah. Like yeah, adjacent. Right. Like you're here for a reason. This is right. a place where content is created and put out to the world. That yeah. is a form of entertainment, especially like – and it will be for forever to go to come. Um, I will say though, just JK kind of because I think that you – well, first of all, you should know that the superintendent of Massachusetts schools used to be the superintendent of Los Angeles schools. So if you have any sort of connection there, you would be able to go into education here. And I think that L.A. is in great need of great teachers. Um, I do know that it's probably unless you wind up at a private school, which is a whole different animal. He said higher education, right? So that Higher means education, like, okay. like colleges, got whatever. It, got it. But like where is he going to work? Like USC? Yeah. UCLA? Yeah. Glendale yeah. Community College? Uh, yeah, there's Long Beach and, like, CalArts and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I've lived here for two and a half whole weeks, so, like, <laughs> I don't want to come across as an L.A. expert by any means, but I guess my question would be, like, what's the motivation? If, if you don't want to be in the entertainment industry and you're, you know, you're from the other side of the country, like, what's drawing you out here and, Honestly, like, better weather? Honestly, the gay weather? scene, sunshine, yeah. like, you know, but that said, like, it's, right. like, vibe. I, I would also Good say... marijuana. Stay away from maybe San Francisco um, yeah. because it's very expensive. Right. Uh, oh, God. And the San- weather isn't as good. Actually. And the weather isn't as – the weather is bizarre and upsetting in San Francisco, and I actually do not understand the city. Right. And I feel like every time I go there, everywhere is shut down. <laughs> like, there's – you can't go into any yeah. of the stores. Um, and I've gone on weekends, weekdays. I'm not sure who San Francisco is for, to be perfectly honest. But um, San Diego is a great city. I think that you could wind up in the OC or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to live in LA, do whatever the fuck you want, man. Like, right. just make sure you come out here and you spend some time. I would recommend having a friend out here. Um, yeah, definitely. Before you move, whether it be someone that you meet online or someone that you already know, um, get back in contact with them or make sure that you're strengthening your friendship because LA is a lonely city to wander around in right. um, if you don't know people. Um Although I imagine a school environment would be a great place to meet people. Right. So So I think like finding a school that you really, really want to work for and really believe in because that's, you know, if you come out here and you don't really have much else to fill your time, like you're going to want that to be 
like a happy place. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I know very little about higher education aside from my own personal experience. And I had a very atypical college experience. So I think finding, you know, a university that you feel really good about is, is step one, if that's like in LA or surrounding. What made it atypical? Um, so I graduated from Penn State, uh, but I, w- I transferred schools like technically four times. So I went to, I went to a different college campus all four years of school and I changed my major twice and still somehow graduated in four years. And I don't remember like a single thing I learned. What in was your journey? What was your journey? So you started where? And I started. At- yeah, I started at Arcadia University, which is right outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I was general communications major. I went to Arcadia because it's the number one study abroad school in the United States. OK. Um, and I did a spring study abroad program through them. And then transferred. I wanted to transfer to like just a, a different, bigger school that specifically had broadcast journalism because I was 100% sure that at this point in my life I'd be sitting behind a news desk and like working for CNN. Um, so that you're not. Yeah. I work oh, in no, broadcast I'm journalism. It's, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very stuffy. I was very, I was very different then. Um, so Penn State gave me this big ass scholarship, but they were like, you can only have it if you go to one of our branch campuses. Penn State has 26 branch campuses in Pennsylvania. So I went to Penn State, York, which was like an hour away from from where I grew up, lived it. They didn't have uh, like campus housing. It was a commuter campus. So I lived like, yeah. at the age of 19 in my own apartment, way more responsibility than I was probably ready for, but it just happened. And then I went abroad for a year and I went to the University of Waikato in Hamilton, New Zealand. Um, and then I came back and went to Penn State, Maine, which is like one of the biggest schools on the East Coast. It's got like 43,000 undergrads. Like M A I N or M A I N E? M-A-I-N. Okay. It's just like, it's the main, main Penn campus. State campus. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's in uh, State College, Pennsylvania. It's like oh, smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Dude, were you there for the Sandusky scandal? I was at Penn State York for the Sandusky scandal, which was very interesting because like Penn State, Maine, like kids riding in the streets, flipping over news trucks, doing this, doing that. Penn State York, like we found out about it and we were just kind of like, oh fuck. But like what there it, was like a different yeah, like culture. And I, I mean, Penn State's an amazing school and I've gotten, since I've graduated, I've gotten to like go back and like you know, talk to some classes and talk about social media. And it's been really, really cool. And I, I love that I, I went there and everything, but I'm not like a bleed blue and white. Like I could give two no, shits about have, Penn State football. Like I'm not like I had a lot kinda. of friends who went to Penn State and I would say that and during that happening, like they were definitely like, oh, fuck, that's our school. But right. it wasn't because they're like, oh, that's my sports. Right. You know and I knew I mean? some people who were just like, you know, def- defending Joe Paterno to the ends of the earth and doing this, doing mm-hmm. that. But it's like, you know, a lot of old white dudes did a lot of fucked up shit. And like, you can't like, <laughs> yeah. just because Still you do. you love your school and you love the sport of football doesn't mean it like makes it okay. But I was working, I was an intern at like an NBC affiliate in Lancaster, Pennsylvania during the Sandusky trial. So I got to go like to the trial. And it yeah. was one of the craziest things I've ever imagine. experienced. It was just like didn't he like die before? Like didn't he like drop dead? Joe like, Paterno died. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he. Uh, yeah, and ask actually, Sandusky's uh, adopted son got arrested for yeah, really also, recently, like child. Pedo- like, oh, for fuck's yeah. sake! Yeah, it's insane. You know, I went to Boston College during the Catholic Church scandal, and oh, wow. Boston College bought out. I think they bought um, St. John Seminary, which is like a very big seminary, and. Um, they bought it out for, I think, $75 million in the middle of me being a student there. And I was a student fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And the rhetoric around campus was incredibly downplayed about what was going on in reality in the Catholic Church. Right. It wasn't something that we talked about in class. It's the first time I remember hearing the phrase echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't something that we yeah. – it was not something that we even, like, 
I mean, you don't like leave class and like decide to have this like intellectual conversation about child molestation. Like right. it was just a not, it was really not a spoken about thing. And the only way that I was able to really like gra- wrap my head around it was doing fundraising and speaking to mm-hmm. alums that were like, don't ever fucking call my house again. Like you guys have used my money to like buy out pedophiles. Right. And like that. That was, you know, we were given a speech like this is how you're going to have to handle – this is how you're going to have to handle – this is a script basically. They gave right. us a script on if someone brings up the church stuff, this is what you have to say. And it's just – it's a it's, – it's it changes – it's weird when you are so like gung-ho for something and then the entire tone of you being there and supporting mm-hmm. a school and being a part of something really changes. Right. And when I was working on the Sandusky trial, like with the news station that I was working at, like I was an intern. So it was like, you know, half the people you meet could like give two shits about you. And like, we're sharing this, like, like, like center County has one of the tiniest courthouses, like in all of America. And every cable news truck, like Nancy Grace is parked on the front lawn. Like mm-hmm. it's a madhouse. And I would just like meet people and like talk to other interns from like ESPN and stuff or whatever. And when people would find out I was a Penn state student, they'd be like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry like are you okay and I'm like this didn't happen to me guys like this isn't and like but that was like the attitude and I it was so like just like grimy to me that so many Penn State students were taking it so personally when it's something that's so much bigger than them and just like not has it has to do with the school because obviously without the school without the football program none of this would have happened it's a lot of money and power and politics but at the end of the day like you know fuck your school spirit like this affected people's lives in a lot of irreparable ways did you see Happy Valley no, I it's didn't. really yeah. good. It's really, really good. It's on Netflix, and it's a documentary about the scandal, and you get to see a lot of different sides of it. Like, you, for, for example, like, one of the sides that kind of, like, blew my mind the most was this kid who wound up transferring out of the school because he felt like the sports department was ruined, and that's why he went to the school in the first place was because he wanted to be a part of that. Yeah you know, vibe. Yeah. There's, there's so many like legacy kids who's like parents and grandparents, like even if they don't play a single sport, it's just like they go and they get season tickets and that's Mm -hmm. their, their whole world. And like, I like, I love state college as a town. Like I, you know, I was a workaholic all through college and I, I like worked full time. I supported myself. So I like all my friends were townies. They were just people I worked Mm -hmm. with. And like, there's such a different community there outside of Penn State football. Yeah. So it's just, but I, my first job out of college was working at a a radio station there. I, I co-hosted and produced a morning talk show. So, so that's like very like you know Penn State football was our biggest sponsor it's where all the money's coming from so yeah. it's just like it's such an interesting dynamic I've never experienced anything like it yeah but back to Bobby um yes Bobby yes I think what if he worked as like if he did want to kind of be in the industry adjacent he could be a tutor to people to like oh, child yeah. actors Okay, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I mean, that's an idea. But yeah. that's, I mean, he says pretty clearly, like, I don't want to work in the entertainment yeah. industry. Right. I mean, I just want, I, I want to know why he wants to move here. It sounds to me like he has an agenda, like, and I don't mean that in, like, a bad way. I mean, yeah. it sounds like there's a reason why he wants to live here in particular. And I hope it's just more than the weather. If it's just the weather, there's plenty of other places to live in the state that have beautiful weather and colleges. But also big question why are you moving from the college capital of the world, right. Massachusetts, to go into higher education? Yeah. Um, it might it be very competitive there for tenure like and stuff like that. Possibly, but there's also way more schools. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Whatever. It's up to you, Bobby. Do whatever you want to do. I mean, I would never live here. If I if I could if I could do yeah if I could that. do anything in Austin, I yeah. would do it. Friggy, so you've been here for two weeks. 
Yeah. Two weeks like and change. I love it so far. I mean, honestly, I've been I've been working a ton. I didn't have a place to live when I came out here, so I was kind of like scrambling trying to get that together. I bought a car yesterday, so <gasps> what'd you get? Um, I got a Volkswagen Tiguan. Yeah. Um, I'm really in love with it. Her Volkswagens name, are cool. Her name's Twiggy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I've been I've been super busy, but I, I've been loving the in between. My days feel a lot longer. That's the the biggest difference from New York, I think. Is there's more sun. Feel. There's more sunlight. Yeah, here. and I just feel like I accomplish more. Just like not having to, because in New York, like you have to plan your entire day at seven thirty in the morning. Like if you want to go to the gym that night, you got to take that stuff with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything just. You have to plan more and, you know, everyone's an alcoholic and there's nothing to do except for go to the bar. So it's like – I was just saying that to someone the other day. I was saying that to my friend Max yesterday. I was – he was like, would you ever move to New York? I was like, I would die in a month. I was like, I'm not allowed to be in a place where they serve you until 4 a.m. and you don't need a car. I was (laughs) like, the only thing I have going for me is that you get cut off at 2 a.m. and then I I have to pay for Ubers. Like, that's all I have going for me. Um, New York is way too much of a responsibility for me. Yeah, it's intense. Bobby, good luck. Figure it out. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to take our next call. Hopefully not the sloppy Bobby call. Hi, Malls. This is Caroline. I live in um, the Bay Area, and I am 28. My sister is um, three years younger than me, and she is a teacher, Um And unfortunately, when she was in high school, um, she had this really terrible, malicious um, post put up about her on um, the dirty. And I did just hear another um, answer that you had provided to someone about, like, revenge porn um, via Snapchat and wanted to kind of follow it up. So definitely, you know, the images on the dirty aren't that bad, but her full beam is there photos of her there and the things that are said are just really gross, really terrible, you know, saying she'll sleep with anyone, you know, you know, saying, calling her out for having an abortion, saying that, you know, she's stretch marks on her boobs, you know, just saying that just all kinds of really disgusting stuff. Um, And so she does live in Arizona, like a previous caller. And, you know, I've tried to get it taken down, but I'm just kind of, like, wondering if you have any advice for someone who's been, like, has their name on the Internet and, you know, is worried about professional consequences um, or personal consequences because it is actually kind of easy to find it if you just search her name and then, you know, her state or her city. Um, So just, like, what advice do you have? Um, The reason why this has, like, come up again, we had almost forgotten about it, is because, um, some kind of mean moms at school found it and then it was a bit of a gossip piece and she even needed to um, like have it done with the principal and you know I think it's all washed out it's all shaked out but um, the thing is about being a teacher is that every single year you have all new parents that you're meeting and, and it's very possible that something like this could happen again so yeah this could definitely just also you know lead into how do you deal with yeah public shaming thank you so much Miles. love the podcast love you um, I really hope that your your burn on your face is better. I'm so sorry that happened. Sound, sounded like something I would do. Okay, bye. 
don't burn your face, girl. It's better. Thank you. My hand is now the burnt one, but I got this amazing cream. You guys just, if you get burnt really badly, go to the fucking dermatologist. Don't dick around. I Don't look on Pinterest for like burn <laughs> no. solutions. And by the way, everyone's just like, go out to your yard. Everyone keeps saying, like, put aloe on it. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is in my aloe. Like, who knows if the guy who lived here before me buried a body under that right. thing. Rub coconut oil yeah, it's like, and also, like, by the way, N.O., like, you're not supposed to put any, everyone who said put Neosporin on it, you're an idiot. You're not supposed to put Neosporin on a burn. Anyway, moving forward, go to the dermatologist because I sat around for a week with a piece of raw skin hanging off my hand. They gave me a cream, and within literally 24 hours, it was seven, overnight, it was 70% better. So just go to the doctor. If you don't have health insurance, figure it out. But you probably do stuff health insurance. Um, so anyway, okay, so this is my question, right? Okay, is this the sort of thing? Because I know there's things as like reputationdefender.com mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You can get certain things scrubbed from the internet. Is yes. this something that can apply? Can that, can that sort of thing be used for something like this, do you think? Like the dirty in particular is such a – they're so staunch about making sure that their uh, freedom of speech is intact. Right, is right. that something that you can – So I'm not sure. I know there are companies that can like scrub social media and like things that show up in search terms to kind of like help you – Mm-hmm. get stuff that you don't want <laughs> taken off the, the internet this might have to be escalated to a lawyer uh-huh. yeah. um, and we actually when we had that caller about the sexual harassment at the car dealership a couple, yeah. a couple weeks ago we actually had a lawyer an arizona lawyer uh write into us offering to help her and, and saying that like have you she put can them in do, touch i did put i sent it to her like whether yeah. or not oh, they nice. engage with each other that was up to the the caller arizona but I, fucking sucks i no did offense, lawyer but i was gonna say if Thank that you, lo- if you got me off when i got arrested <laughs> i know that lawyer listens to this so if he wants to call back with advice for this we would air it but yeah. um i think she might have to talk to a lawyer about it but there are definitely things she can get scrubbed on from the internet here's one thing that i'm thinking though Okay, this is a very relevant thing that she went through. This is something that any one of her students could go through and that several of her students probably will go through. And I wonder if there is anything, if your sister can can do this, if the school is okay with it or whatever, if there's a way for her to address this and say, when I was a teenager – Something absolutely horrific was put up on the internet about me. It's untrue. It's damaged my damaged my reputation. I sent a picture to the wrong person. I sent a picture right. to the wrong person. Information got into the wrong hands about someone. False information about me was exposed. It's no one's. It's no one's. Your sister can deny or not deny the abortion thing if she wants. It's no one's fucking right to know that that right. was her cho- a choice she made. So if that's something she wants to bring up with the student, she can or cannot. But I do think that there would be some sort of value in potentially an assembly about this to kind of get ahead of it and to say, like, there's a chance you're going to find this out about your teacher. There's a chance that, like, this could happen to you. Like, this is a very common thing. You see who I am. You deal with me every day in school. You know I'm a good person and this happened to me. So that's something that's, you know, both useful for male and female students, I think, for anyone. I think that that's a very – I think even for other teachers to kind of have an understanding of what kids are facing online. Like, as we discussed earlier – you know, like just growing up in this climate, the bullying that goes on now is like insane. And Absolutely. there's no way that several of her students won't face something very similar to this. While that'd be a very bold move and like probably something that you could even segue into a TED talk. Like I think that there is – if I think there is something to owning this if you want to own it. And if it would be – if you feel that the community that you're in is open enough to understanding something like that. 
Um, I don't think that there could be some call to action to fire your sister for owning something right. that she was a victim of. Yeah, yeah. she's a victim. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know much about Arizona, but I know like certain states. Not great literally have revenge porn like laws at this point so exactly. like if there's i think getting in touch with a lawyer especially you know if if this guy can work something out and do it you know for free that'd be great uh, but like you know even just get figuring out what your rights are i'm not super familiar with the dirty and it's kind of like insane to me that like websites like this are still allowed to happen um but like if there's any chance so the dirty like some random guy can just put so, it up and then it's there basically i think it's like if you have a facebook account they can go into your the way that they've gotten around it, I think this is the site that they did it. If if it's not the dirty, it's a it's one very similar. But uh-huh. the way that they've been able to get around it is to have the the content come from a third party site, like Got for example, it. Facebook, where you have really intact freedom of speech laws. And I think that that's how they got around um, not necessarily being the publisher as much as a curator of this right. type of information. Right. And so you can post pictures of people. In, I mean, you can take them from your own profiles. So let's say someone sends you like an ass shot or something that's like somehow okay by Facebook standards. Mm-hmm. Like they will, like you post that to your profile and you can upload it through there. Right. Um, but it does like, it'll be like, don't trust like Jane Jones from, you know, Lansing, Michigan because she has herpes and right. she fucked my brother and she had an abortion with, you know, two different guys in one year and she will sleep with anyone in town and she loves ass play. Right. Like it could it could they could write anything like that about her. Mm-hmm. And like it could be as intimate or um, you know, just kind of foul as they want it to be. And it's it's these things live online. Like right. I was Googling someone recently, actually, and I thought I was looking at a gossip article about like a kind of famous person or something and then I realized like oh I'm on the dirty like right. I'm this is this could be this isn't even real like this is just a, a website that like perpetuates nasty rumors about people yeah um, that's my nightmare it's like a huge nightmare yeah. that's a nightmare and I totally get I mean I'm the baby in my family but I totally understand like if if this happened to me my sister would probably be taking it on this seriously as well I mean I would love to hear from the person this is happening to and just kind of get like you know how she feels her perspective because it there if it if it happened to me I don't know I feel like I would almost wait and just because like I mean the, the internet's so huge and so much happens and like yeah you if anything, honestly, I would tell this girl, like, start a blog, start a bunch of shit that'll pop up before this if someone Googles your name. Like, go on a bunch of podcasts. Like, do so- yeah, get your Absolutely. SEO up, girl. But, like, I mean, if the other side of it, I think if, if I did think it was going to come up, if I thought that, like, my students' parents were going to Google it and it was going to come up, I think it's, you know, an either, like, an email at the beginning of the school year or depending on the age of your students, just, like, hey, like, let's sit down and talk about, like, first of all, uh, respect and boundaries within relationships because mm-hmm. you're all children and you're all thinking with your genitals. They and are second, high school students. This right. is when this is happening. Yeah, so I think that's a perfect opportunity to talk about, like, consent photos you know respect mutual respect and then you know how to handle breakups in a responsible and calm way and then also just like your rights to to what's going on the internet and you know that those things are permanent but just kind of I mean if this happened to me and if I was in the situation honestly what I would do is like make a video and be like this is what happened blah 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 and then title that video whatever so that it would come up at the same time because the videos are go higher in search so that they would have to click on, like, someone would rather probably hear that girl, like, talk about it herself. And I just want to say that, like, I'm a 32A cup, and I've been a 32A cup since I was in the eighth grade, and I have stretch marks on my boobs. So, like, every, like, boobs have stretch marks, yeah. and any dude who doesn't understand that, like, 
deserves to be maliciously putting things on the dirty. Okay, one thing I want to say about high school boys and high school girls is that they handle breakups very, very differently, especially when sex is involved. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that women get a bad reputation. Young girls, teenagers in particular, get a bad reputation for being incredibly over-emotional and for – you know, doing everything from threatening to commit suicide to not leaving their room to starving themselves to spreading nasty rumors to doing whatever. But there's something with the way that men handle breakups that's unique at that age. Um, And it is more emotional. And it's more emotional in a more harmful way. Um, You know, when my high school boyfriend and I broke up, I – you know, I kind of just stopped talking to him. I was like, done. I wanted to be single before I went to college and I wanted to spend the summer at my grandparents' beach house and like enjoy my time with them. Right. Um, he started fucking one of my friends. So it's just, it's just different. They get, they handle things differently. Yeah. And I, um, I, I think that that's, that's something to keep in mind. Um, to your point though of making a, a video, like as it, Public, I'm assuming public school teacher. Mm-hmm. Every anything she does, and I'm sure you know this. Both of you know this. It has to be run through the principal. Right. This isn't just something where you can put up like your easy A confessional or whatever, yeah. and like and have it be cool. Like right. that's not necessarily going to be cool with the school, um, especially if like you are identifying yourself as a teacher from that school district. Mm-hmm. That has the potential to go viral. I think what I'm more saying is that maybe there can be an insular conversation within the school. Yeah. Maybe this can be a, a something that you spearhead because there's going – this is – we live in a world where before we know it, one of our presidents – I mean, obviously our president is incredibly problematic. But before right. we know it, there's going to be a video on YouTube of one of our presidents like smoking salvia or something. Right. Or like and, a sex tape well, or like I mean, there something. was already pictures of like Obama smoking Jays. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but like it's going to be like – There's going to be a president with a sex tape. We're getting to a point where more people than not are going to have stuff out there about them that right. makes – that is unflattering and that people are going to have to get over and treat as youthful mistakes. Right. And I mean the one thing that's to her advantage is that like – I mean I, I get her sister's point that like every year you get new students and you get new parents and parents are nosy and blah, blah, blah. So like that's like a kind of a unique part of this that – throws it but like you know the the 24-hour news cycle is almost to the advantage like you know how every time malia obama like picks up a bong we hear about it and then a couple days later no one cares anymore so i mean right i think you know as much as this kind of is like a groundhog's day nightmare where like once a year she might have to deal with this again you know i think i think definitely working with the school I, it sounds like she's already had a conversation with the principal about it and she did get called in with, for, to talk with the principal yeah. yeah and one thing to remember about arizona is by and large it is a very conservative state mm, yeah. um and so that is one area where i just worry about like yeah this could creep up on her for a really fucking right. long time and it could be a really big problem because people are incredibly conservative there they're incredibly religious mm-hmm. and if this is a private high school like that either makes it way better or way worse, right. um, depending. So I just – God, I feel so bad about this. And I do want to yeah. say that this is something that I also took issue with at the matchmaking sem- uh, seminar was I said, you know, Susan was instructing us to do, like, background checks on our dates. And she was teaching us how to do that. And one thing she said that was fucking hilarious was she was like – Another thing to keep in mind here, ladies, is that we are in this area of the country. So you may be dating someone in the CIA and have no idea. And they're reading your emails. <laughs> and I'm like, who in this Susan! room? Who in this room and what dorky sweater set? What woman with the saddest eyes in the world in this room is dating someone in the CIA and doesn't right. know it? Um, but 
So one thing that she said was you have to be really like diligent about doing background checks. And I raised my hand and I said, you know, I personally think it's gauche to Google people in general, let alone do a background check on them. I said, but let's just say I did. And I'm dating a guy and he comes up as a sex offender. But of course, what it was that he did was he peed in a bush when he was 16 and he got slapped with that. Do you then ask that person about that? What if they got a DUI when they were 18? Yeah. Is that something that you hold against them? And she's like... It's not the one DUI you're looking for. It's the three DUIs. But I do think that, like, she didn't really – I don't think that the, that thing that she really understand is that people make youthful indiscretions. Right. And they just – they're they're just going to be more permanent now. Like, who knows what our fucking parents did? Exactly. You know, oh we God, just went yeah. off of the fumes of whatever they told us. Like, yeah. oh, no, I never smoked pot. And then you realize, that, oh, wait, my mom totally smokes pot. Right. Um, you just listen. But now there's evidence of everything, especially if you're exactly. a person that is like you or I. Yeah, and everything's documented and everything. You know, there's a trail for everything. So I don't know. This is this is a tough one. I, you know, it's not something that I feel – like I have a, a a lot of grounding to give advice on, to be honest. But I, you know, I definitely feel for her. I think Arizona. I definitely agree with you. Is probably a lot more conservative. But I do think that like the national conversation around this is is kind of shifting, and she has that to her advantage as well. And you know, my I would just try and turn it into a teachable moment. Try and get the the administration behind you on it, and be like, this is an opportunity to educate. Because like you you never know. Like th- this could make a huge difference to like an entire exactly. class of like you know 10th grade boys and make them think twice about you know like re- like asking for and receiving those photos and then what happens to them after that like there's I've never taken a naked photo of myself in my life because I'm, of this yeah and same and I just know so many girls that it happened to like even when I like was in junior high and high school and it's just like and it sucks because I think that like had it happened now when the the conversation the tone's a little bit different it wouldn't be so like because she she is the victim here and like there's no doubt about that so I think that you know trying to trying to find like sympathetic people in within the administration other teachers whatever would be what I would do I will actually say this I want to come clean about something I always say I've never taken a nude picture of myself which is true Mm -hmm. I personally have never taken a nude photo of myself Mm -hmm. I do have an ex-boyfriend that took many nude pictures of me however this I also have nude pictures of him this is my secret horror I'm pretty sure that he would never ever ever do that Mm -hmm. because it would just it would make him look horrible right um but it is something that occurs to me on a semi-regular basis is yeah. one that, like, I consented to something that is a personal rule for me that I do not engage in that sort of thing. Right. And I didn't really do it – I mean, I did it probably thinking that I was going to be married to that person. Right. Um, And also just because, like, I don't know, like, we were probably drunk and having fun and, like, just whatever. But, like – I do – there is, like, it, there is a nude photo of me, at least, that exists in the world out there somewhere, and it feels scary and very out of my control, and right. I'm glad that none of it exists on any of my hardware because you just can then just thank God it's on a memory stick somewhere and mm-hmm. fucking God knows where, but, like, it's just – yeah, it's not um, – it's terrifying, and that's why I – that's not why I always preach. I've been preaching this long before that even happened, but it's why I always preach. Just just don't do it, you guys. It's too easy. It's too easy for someone to fucking dox your phone or right. to connect to your shit on a plane. And- don't do it. And if you, like, you know, really have to, don't put your face in it. Yeah. Just don't. If you really Don't make have it identify. I have a friend. Oh, I'm obsessed with her. She's, like, one of my favorite. Like, the way she is with men I find so inspiring. But she, like, takes 
naked photos of other people off the internet and sends them to dudes like pretending it's her like mm-hmm. all the time and they get so into it and it's so she'll like send me screenshots of the conversations and they're like eating out of her hand and I'm like that's smart as hell for a while you were posting uh, like screen grabs of like inappropriate snaps you were oh doing. yeah I get dick pics on the reg yeah the like, regular tweet, tweet on them out. yeah I have a chain it's been over a year now I, I just have like a chain on Twitter that I respond to I like screen because so many of these guys just like are taking advantage of the fact that they feel like Snapchat is so anonymous, Mm -hmm. but they're putting their photos, like their face in their profile pictures, and they're using the same username that they use like on Twitter, or they're using their first name and their last name. So like literally I just give them a Google, I search their name on Twitter in quotes, and then like if they're on there, I tag them, whatever. I've had a couple people delete their accounts over it, but it's just so like, that was my way of just like, because I love having my snaps open, and I love being able to talk to the people who follow me, and and, like that means a lot to me, and I don't want to cut that off. I think that social media is supposed to be social, and I think that when people cut that off, it's literally just an output Right. And that's not, to me, the nature of what that is supposed to be at all. Exactly. And that's not what makes it fun for me. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I've met some amazing friends through Snapchat, actually. Yeah, same. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's it's just like I, I didn't want – this was my way of like kind of taking the power back in that situation is just kind of like putting these guys on – And I mean, I immediately block the person, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll, I'll go back and forth and be like, hey, just so you know, like – the thing that you're doing to me right now is sexual harassment in a very real way. Also, like, I don't want to see your dick. No one yeah. wants to see your dick. That's why you're sending it to strangers yeah. on the internet. So it's just like... Have you ever had, well. like, an actual dialogue with someone that yeah. that ended up in a positive or negative way? Um, I've had one or two people, like, apologize. And yeah. Being like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Or I've had a lot of people be like, oh, I was trying to send that to someone else. And I'm like, no, you weren't. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You just didn't get the response that you wanted. But I also have had some interactions where I've, like you know, like, let it really get to me and, and like, given them, like, a heated response and you can tell that they're getting off on that. And that's oh, when I'm like... Oh, of course. That's what it's supposed... It's yeah. supposed to incite anger and get a reaction out right, of you. Right, which is just so twisted and just so, like, And it's beyond. frustrating because it's, like, it's now on you. You're now further burdened to right. not give them what they want. Right. It's, it's just... It, it's upsetting. Now, here's another question I have. This is off topic, but it's some... Sometimes we go around on circles on this, mm-hmm. on this pod. So... I've had one dick pic sent to me on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. One dick pic ever, and it was the one on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll get things like, you have no idea how bad I want to fuck you or something <laughs> like from some Didn't guy. Didn't you get a lot of creepy stuff about your mom? I remember you saying a lot that. Of, a lot of guys were like, yeah, a lot of creepy stuff like, you know. That would like get to me too. Your mom's fucking hot. But that's been happening to me I mean, me your since mom is high- beautiful. She is, but that's been happening to me since high school. So yeah. like, I'm a little bit more used to it. Like, and also – she lives across the country. She's not usually right. on my internet. So when she pops up, people are like, whoa, that's your mom. Like, you <laughs> girls do that. So um, my thing is, is that I think that either one, people, I don't, they don't want to send me dick pics. Like mm-hmm. they, they're just like, I don't want to dick pic her. But, or there is something about me that is so fucking obviously not going to appreciate a dick pic that people don't even fuck with me. And I was explaining this to my friend the other day. I've explained this on this podcast before. For some reason, like, I'm the kind of girl that literally no one ever even asks me about anal because they just (laughs) know, like, I'm not going to be receptive to it and the conversation's going to end. And I don't know, like – why why does like why does that happen to you like why does that happen to you all the time like what is it is it because you're open and friendly or in- innocent or is it because they people don't think you're gonna yell at them or like what is it um I think I think there's two parts to it one uh so like I wasn't like a super early adopter on snapchat but I was like 
Like everyone started Snapchatting probably within like the past year or so. And I was like going hard on it like like two years ago to the point that like my friends from high school were like, why are you talking to your phone? Like what's going on? Like mm-hmm. are you bored? Are you okay? Um, so, and because I worked in like digital entertainment and I worked for the Shorty Awards, I was just like around a lot of people who were in that world. And so I got put on a lot of, and I was like running a a Snapchat TV show on the Shorty Awards Snapchat account. So, um, I was getting put on a lot of like top 10 Snapchatters to follow, like HuffPo, like this, that, whatever. And I was also, uh, put on this website called Ghost Codes, which is now an app that was started by two friends of mine. Um, and that website, it was basically, cause there's no discovery platform on Snapchat. I so know it's so annoying. It's really annoying. It's really hard to like build a following there, which is like a lot of like when I was doing consulting work, that was like the main thing I was doing was helping brands figure out how to get people to freaking follow them on Snapchat. But I, um, got put on this website, like ghost codes and that website really took off in like Eastern European countries and, uh, like, like Middle Eastern countries. So like I have a huge fan base of people who have no idea what I'm saying. Like they right. don't speak English. Yeah. So like they just see this girl, like my hair is a different color every three days, like whatever. I'm like dance. I'm at music festivals. Like I'm half naked sometimes, whatever. Like I'm pretty casual about my body on Snapchat. And so I think there's that piece of it. And then there's the piece where like, because they don't really know who I am and don't even know what I'm saying half the time. They just right. kind of assume – and I was on this website that they found. They, like, kind of think that I'm this, like, untouchable celebrity. So I think they think I'm not going to open it or I'm not going to see it. And that part of it's exciting to right. them. Um, Whereas I'm, like, a more intentional follow. Like, you come to me because you know who I am. Like, you, right. saw, you saw my username on Snapchat or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's something – I mean, like, if I, like, accidentally, like, put my – feet in a snapchat without oh, thinking about it. it i'll get like messages about a, my a feet for 24 feet? hours what is that <laughs> you, you might have a wiki feet. i hope not i, I was very not. i was very surprised one day when right i googled now. myself only to find you have a wiki feet that there is a gallery of pictures of my feet on the internet i don't get it it's pictures I of molly magalier's feet because you know who doesn't want to look at my goddamn feet right it's so weird yeah no it's it's very weird and it's you know it's something that like I for a while I kind of became known as like that girl who complained about dick pics and a lot of my friends like and I was like doing the thing on Twitter yeah yeah and I was doing the thing on Twitter and a couple of my guy friends who are like also kind of internet people were like you know you should start a tumblr for this so it doesn't like clog up your Twitter feed and I'm like it's supposed to clog up my Twitter feed like I want people to see this that this is happening and that it's not okay like it's not something that I'm just gonna like let happen to me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Frankie does not have a Woo! Thank uh, God. Guys, don't start that is one. Great news. Yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, I think you have to be a little like older too. Like the other people I know that have like wiki feeds are like girls that are in their 30s that have been on the internet. Oh my doing God. Shit for are you on my wiki feed? Let me see it. Why I it's not fair that you guys are looking at my wiki feed together <laughs> and I can't see it. All right, Wag, Wags makes a couple of appearances. Wags. Wags Does Wags have a wiki feed? Oh goodness. So this looks like they took this mostly from your Instagram. It looks like a lot of a lot of insty pics. You well, got a lot of these started back in the day. Yeah. Like on some of these used to be from Tumblr. That's oh, when it first right, started. Right, right, right. Wait a minute. That's not my feet. That's a picture of some homeless guy's feet from Long Beach. that's is a this is a homeless man's feet in Long Beach. Not a homeless man, he's a barber. He just had the longest toenails I've ever seen. There's me but getting you my posted that photo? Yeah, I posted that photo and so it must have been categorized as mine. Wow. Wait a minute, what Wow. Wait. But where are the really old ones? <laughs> oh, there's Wags. Oh, ILF in prime position, snuggling up her lovely foot and casting a wary eye, Angus snakes and shoves. What the 
fuck is there's, that like fan fiction about you and dude, your, this and your is, dog dude there's fucking fanfics about me and wags uh, i love the internet so much but stuff like this is like makes me just want to i actually off am not oh wait I'm hold not. on there's a very important sec people who like mac molly mackler's feet also liked reese witherspoon <laughs> julie benz you got them reese witherspoon feet oh my god let's look at her feet and see if they're pretty wow wow I'm sure she oh, has wait, my great thing feet. is fucked up. So I have this to... is horrifying. By the way, yeah. you're you're rated four out of five stars. Yeah. Oh wow. At least at least you have a high score on WikiFeet. Oh, I have a four website out of five. I didn't know existed. How are her feet doing? I mean, I need a close up of those feet. Yeah, these are just like all her Getty images. Okay, okay there you go. There's one there. Her feet are like wider than. Me. I don't get it. I um, also like. I thought that like feet, foot fetish dudes existed solely on the internet. I was a little naive in that in that aspect and then I like met one IRL and I just like couldn't couldn't do it just didn't get it didn't know how to communicate no I the window it. and it's like this nacho recipe I've been yeah. saving for like two weeks <laughs> got a lot of tabs open I respect that there is an Italian couple who owns a, a shoe store in Glendale and sometimes they'll text me and ask me to come in to try on their new shoes because they think that I have the perfect feet for Italian oh, shoes goodness yeah so that's like Sex in the City episode they're like in love with me except it's a married couple <laughs> I, they're like they're they have asked me if I'm single but I think it's for I hope it's for their son Got it. Um, but so get so in touch with the lawyer. <laughs> so get yes. in touch with the lawyer. And thanks, Caroline. Oh, we have a Ooh. letter. Frankie's going to read our letter. Love it. I love letters. It's a short one. Okay. Hi, Malls. I wish I found you sooner. You're so right. Exes can't be friends because they never were friends. My name is Michelle. I'm 22 from Michigan. I dated a guy who never said he loved me for a year. He broke up with me and wanted to stay friends. Again, wish I found you sooner. Flash forward two years and now we're going to Barcelona together. I'm so sorry that I'm laughing. Uh, he I says, laugh the, I laugh at them all the time. That's okay, fine. good, good. He says that he loves me now. We still have a physical relationship. So they're, they're boning. <laughs> and we're closer than ever than we ever were while dating. Going to Barcelona feels really serious, but we are, in air quotes, just friends. What do you make of this? Please advise. Okay, wait a minute. So she was with this guy in a relationship for a, over a year, and he never said, I love you. Mm -hmm. They broke up. Mm -hmm. They decided to be friends. But they're having a sexual relationship. Two yeah. years later. Two years later. He does say I love you now. He said she said he says he's in love with me, which like I've I've known some dudes who You're, made the distinction. Yeah, uh -huh. He says he loves me now. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. Okay, but you guys are not together. But you're so, going to Barcelona. And but, but so I know I got that. So what is the what is the okay? So was, he's fucking other people. Right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm confused as to what her question is because I think she's basically saying like, "Malls, you're right. Exes can't be friends, and that's why me and my ex aren't are not friends. We're boning and going to Europe. We're boning and closer than we ever have been." And he says he loves me now, but he doesn't want to be, be in a relationship. Yeah, honey, listen, I've done that too. Like, I had that actually quite notably happen to me with an ex that Let's just not like, labeled it. That's <laughs> not, like, didn't want to label it, and you want to know what he had a fucking secret secret girlfriend in Amarillo, Texas, who sold medical supplies. So. Damn. I'm just going to tell you that much. Like, homeboy was cheating on me for six months. And it wasn't technically cheating on me because we were in we a relationship. Yeah. Yes, but, like, we snuggled together. And and I would come over his house and we would work yeah. together every other day. Was this and the so, uh, Jamaica Me Crazy episode that we, like... No, that was my high school boyfriend. <laughs> or no, my, that was my college boyfriend, actually. And by the way, fucking Jamaica... Listen, did I give you the Jamaica update? No. <laughs> so Jeff 
Latulip, my guest that day, told me he knew a girl named Jamaica. And then Jamaica's like, I actually listened to that podcast. And she's like, that wasn't me, though. <laughs> listen, Jamaica, you're a fucking pathological liar. You blew my college boyfriend. And now you listen to my podcast. You've probably been Jamaica. following me for years. No, first you wanted to put my boyfriend's dick in your mouth. And now you want to put my podcast in your ears. And you've been obsessed with me forever. <laughs> and I know it. And I th- God bless Jeff for protecting your reputation. But from time to time, I will still text him. Your friend Jamaica is a pathological liar so I know you're listening to this I know you think you got off scot-free um how many white girls named Jamaica are there in Los Angeles seriously doubt it I mean sorry that is the most valid point of all of them like let's literally can you google white girls named Jamaica in Los Angeles please I don't think it's gonna yield the results yeah I don't know if you can filter Um, (laughs) just put it in quotes um but no we're gonna listen I'm gonna find you and we're gonna have to have a talk um but no just have fun on your trip to Barcelona, but this is not what you think it is. Right. And this guy is fucking with you. Yeah. And you know what? I've, I had a man re- recently enter my life. We'll call him Captain Gaslight. <laughs> it was very upsetting. These people like to fuck with you. They just do. They want to put their weird labels on it and freak right. you out and then act one way and then say another thing. And you know what? When actions and words don't line up, you're dealing with a fucking person that's crazy. I'm telling you, this man's probably a drug addict and you don't know about it. Bye. Right. And that's, you- and that's the end of the answer. Wait, sorry. <laughs> so what were you going to say, Frankie? I just like going – you seem to have like one foot in, one foot out because you're like, oh, like, Malls, you're so right. Exes can't be friends. But you're also admitting that you're not just friends with this guy. So I just really want to say, like, protect your heart going into the, into this European vacation. Because, like, I've never been to Barcelona. It sounds romantic as hell. I've heard it's the most fun, most romantic city so, in the like, whole world. It's pronounced Bar- Barcelona. Barcelona. I don't know if I can make my mouth do we, that. We, I can't have- do it. And I won't do it. I hope you eat that bus in Barcelona. <laughs> I think that like <laughs> sorry this would this would I mean I, I'll be totally honest I've been both people in this scenario like I feel like I you know kept an ex-boyfriend on the hook for way too long like in situations like this yeah. and you know got to a, this was actually like hella recent got to a point where I was like all right I gotta stop but the thing is that you're gonna go on this vacation and like when you're getting on the plane you're gonna be like oh my god we're like just friends who bone but like also he loves me and we have this history and then you're gonna be in this romantic city and it's gonna be just you so he's gonna be like holding your hand in public and you're going to be like going on dates and basically being in like a sex cloud or whatever. And then you're probably going to come back to the United States and it's all going to come crashing down around you. So I just want you to be like, have so much fun. Use a lot of condoms and have race yourself. Yeah. 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 Just for, yeah, use for condoms because he is probably, he's definitely, he's definitely people. boning other people for sure. That's the only reason why I wait. Did she say how old she was? 22. Oh, Oh honey. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't even want to uh, listen. I'm not even. I don't even want to address this. Right. Like, are you serious? I, I can't. I can't even. I mean, God bless. Right. 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 Like, just, what I'm. Are you I'm 24. I'm not that much older. I try not to be super preachy, but like, I've just you know, I've done a lot of dumb shit with a lot of dumb guys, and like, I like, I thought I was gonna marry my high school boyfriend. We were together for three years, and then we broke up. Didn't speak to each other for a year, and then kind of did this like touch and go when we're in the same place, we're together thing for a really long time, and it's just not. It's not healthy, and it's not real. And I also know this because I too have done devious fucking shit yeah like I've been a little sneakster like I've had boys on the side mm-hmm. I've like totally had back burner bitches that's what I call them like I just keep them back there and when I need that I, I bring it up to the front and like you that's what I, I'm just afraid that like you are a placeholder for when he finds in his metaphorical ocean the better version of himself um that that will yield him the girl that he wants but you guys are 22 like there's no right. way that this can go far anyway 
And also that means you were 20 when you met. Right. Like, of course, a 20-year-old boy doesn't know how to say I love you. He's probably said I love you to his high school girlfriend. <laughs> his mom. And That's was like – and had his life like wrecked by his high school relationship. As right. I said, boys do not react commonly to like their first love and then whoever it is they lost their virginity to, they lose their mind over that shit. Um, so, yeah. Um that's yeah no just no all right but have find fun. someone new yeah yeah in, like, in barcelona you should, find I, a little barcelona bay single girl's guide to meeting european men you should buy that before you go <laughs> like seriously and you should just be reading it on the plane next to him yeah and if he has any questions be like what i don't have a boyfriend that's true he can't get mad at that that's the other thing too is yeah. i do love the what i don't have a boyfriend because it just makes someone realize that they've been like that they've been basically like resting on the fact that you're gonna buy their fucking bullshit. Right. Not right. It doesn't Not work today. Just like open Not today. As soon as you land, just open twin- Tinder and start swiping in front of him, see what happens. Yes. And by the way, just to everyone, once again, if I haven't said enough times, open Tinder when you leave the country, open Tinder everywhere. It's just, I, I'm gonna open my twin- Tinder right now. Do it. I rejoined Tinder. You did? Yeah, I did. Because it's the shit. And I already regret it. <laughs> because I had, I'll, I'll see if I can pull up this this message that I got. So I got matched with someone. I've had, I did that thing yesterday where I was at a bar and I let my friends like match oh, for me. Oh yeah, a little a little guest text interaction. Yeah, and so I matched with some douche named Jared. Do you just do Tinder or are you on the other apps? What do you? How do you feel about the other? I'm apps? on Bumble, but I don't use it. It's yeah. too much pressure for me. Like I like a good like swipe and then text and then match and like and then message in two weeks right. sort of thing. Right. I'm a check-in once every two weeks, set up two or three dates, abandon all those men, and then start over. Right. This is the message that I got from Jared. Oh, that looks long. Yeah. <laughs> it says, congratulations, you have matched with Jared. Please select your honest intentions from the following. To proceed with dry and meaningless small talk, please go to settings, delete account. Oh my to get God. to know each other better, please respond with your number and a hashtag. To engage in sexual interactions and or dirty talk, please respond with your bra size. Okay, Jared, I you have suck. not. I have not Jared responded to him. Is- like what is beyond fuckboy? Like what is beyond fuckboy? Like fuckboy. But plus, should I just should I respond to it with I something think a witty or should is I just more be clever like, than that? Is he even like hot enough to be this much of a no, dick? Let me see a pic. I need a pic of Jared. Yeah, I really oh, need to first, see first photo shirtless on a boat. I need to see who's my friends are ru- <laughs> This is rude. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not cute. You fellas, you have he to be a certain type. level of attractive in order to be that much of a dick. Also, like, what are you talking about? Like, first of all, like he is definitely someone's type. Like, oh yeah, for sure, he's someone's type. Yeah. Christina, I don't see him. I don't see you two together. No, <laughs> but I, I like to slap people with fish. That's a really good. Uh, bi- oh my god, he's an That's INF. fucking corny. He's That's an weird. IN. He's an INTP. No, I know it is. It's super corny. If you support Biff Tannen as leader of the free world, please get help. Oh, he you are so like, clever. <laughs> enjoys coleslaw on the daily. Like, Ugh. oh, he loves Chance the Rapper. Radiohead. Radiohead's creep is one of. Oh, but then the 1975 makes an appearance on his Spotify wow. playlist. So diverse. Wow, you've got a really sad life. I also my think it's interesting that Tinder like pulls in all that info too, because it's like it, it's just such an incomplete. Like what a person is, you just can't figure out from all those things. But I don't know. I get. I don't know. What I feel I need, weird about the apps. I can't. I can't decide. Yeah, I don't like. I Bumble's too much pressure for me. But I, uh, 
I don't know. I also like I'm on Raya and I don't use it. Oh right, because it's is like, that like same interface everything like the swiping and whatnot? no, it's wildly different. Ooh. Like it's very sleek. Yeah, They've even changed it since I've last gone on there. Right, I could look at it. I mean, the thing is, is that. What what is the opening line on your profile? This is something I struggle with because I'm like, oh, mine's amazing. My, let me see. I, have I don't think line. my Tinder profile is amazing. <laughs> I don't have I think written this profile. I think you might have, but I don't. I don't think guys spend the time to like oh, actually read the profile. I don't know. But a lot of them think take it very literally, which makes me sad because, like, in my version of LA, people are clever and fun and funny, and mm-hmm. they they are clever and fun and funny, and I feel like when I t- like when a guy takes my Tinder bio seriously and makes me deeply concerned because it's very very sarcastic and it freaks me out that sorry I have to <laughs> Why is this so hard now? What the, what does this mean swipe with friends? Are you fucking kidding me? I don't want to sw- Oh god, I just matched with someone. <laughs> that was I'm trying to just find my profile. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me today? Yeah, right. the, the the group dating thing I also don't understand oh, on Tinder. Please. Can you disgust me more? I had a like, friend in New York who like asked me to do that with her and I was like, absolutely not. Like I'm really sorry. Like it's just Okay. Not something I can do. This is my bio. I'm ready. INFP. I know who I am, and who I am is Jody Sweeten's sister. Close personal, real actual family. Please no questions about my close family relative, Jody Sweeten. <laughs> I don't know what to say here. Let's get drinks. I like meeting people and avoiding long text exchanges. True. And you That's said you've good. had like crazy Tinder dates as of late, right? Mm, I'm trying to think. Well, I went out with like a divorce dad the other day, which was like, I like he kind of got me shit faced at, at a Clippers game. And then like, I love being drunk at sporting events. I mean, I do too. Like, and I couldn't love anything more. By the way, my favorite thing about the NBA, which I totally forgot about, is that they play music as these guys are, like, making their shots. So I'm like, if I was literally about to, like, do a free throw and, like, Cake by the Ocean came on, like, I wouldn't know how to function. But these guys can just, I guess it must be so loud that they can't hear it. Yeah. But, like, for me, it's so audible. And I'm like, why is there, like... A clip of like DMX up in here playing for like ta- like ten seconds right now. Um, but I got a little shit faced, and then he had wanted to drive me there, but I said to him like, "Sorry, honey, my mom raised me better than that. I'm not getting in a car with a stranger from the internet. Like, yeah. I'll just like spend the thirty dollars to Uber myself downtown. Thanks for the free like Clippers ticket. It was a great game. We had a lot of fun. We actually like matched pretty well, but like." You know, like, the hat comes off. He's definitely bald. Right. Oh, God. He's probably listening to this. Please, God. You know what? Just, just don't take offense to it. I'm just telling you a factual version of events. Yeah. And so, Are you not here for bald guys? No, I can be here for bald guys. But I just, like, I hate I hate, I hate, hate a hatted bald man. Yeah. I like a bald Own man. Own your baldness. Yeah. Like, just, like, it's not, we don't, we're, if we were in Minnesota, sure, toss a cap over it. I understand your head's chilly. Mm-hmm. But, like, we are, frankly, we're in Los Angeles, California, and there's no need for you to be wearing a baseball cap right, right. now. Just rock that bald ass right. head. So um, I do. There's n- I have no bigger – and I know, I know that's like a cliche, but like I have no bigger pet peeve than a bald guy. Uh, I just – okay, whatever. Anyway, he – being a single dad, like I was very clear with him up front. I was being very clear with him up front that I did not want to see pictures of his children or even know their name. Right. Because – I am the daughter of a single parent, and I think it's inappropriate in general to be out there it's very dating. very invasive. Um, but then, you know, I let him drive me home, and he wanted to make out, and we did kiss for a minute, and then, like, you know, 
three days later, I'm in Baltimore and I wake up on Sunday morning and it's like, hey, Malls, back from Baltimore yet? What do you think about going out next week? There's a place in Glendale that's just like Benihana. We could go there. <laughs> and um, he's like, let me know what days work for you like before Wednesday. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's Sunday. It, I am three hours behind. I'm in Baltimore. I am miraculously not hungover and I'm unclear how because I don't drink water and all I've drank the last two days is alcohol. <laughs> so like I don't I, – I, it was too much and I didn't respond to him and then I got the classic like gonna try again, like just want to see. And I, I wrote back to him and I just was like, hey, <laughs> truth be told, like you, were, I felt like you were coming at me with a lot of energy on a Sunday morning <laughs> and I was still in Baltimore and I just wasn't ready to get back to you. I was like, but – Oh, what did I write to him? I'll just read what I wrote. Is this over text at this point? Like, when do you switch to, like, let's text, or do you stay in Tinder the whole time? Also, Frankie, I want to hear your Tinder profile. Oh, goodness. Let's, let's go. I just, um, I, like, hadn't deleted my account, but I deleted the app, but I did redownload it once I landed in Los Angeles mm-hmm. just to see what was yeah, happening. You never know what kind of friends you can meet. You never know. Okay, so mine... My Tinder bio just says, smart slash cute, don't Google me, fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> don't Google me. Yeah, because like, when I was That's trying- meaningful to my heart. I hate it when people are like, I checked out who you were through Facebook. Right. And I asked our mutual friend. I'm like, can you just be an adult? Like, right, literally exactly. grow a penis and, like, act as if you have it. Like, Ask so- me questions about my life. Exactly. So this is it. Ready? <laughs> Sunday, 1034 a.m. Baltimore time. Molly, are you back? Are you and Chris Souls engaged? If not, want to hang? When's maybe? Um, and then I was all one text or yeah. like separate little bubbles? All one text. Dang. He spent so long wording this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did it. He, did, he definitely did it in the notes app first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that the yeah. dots wouldn't For show sure. up. I'm going to be sick. Stop. Or he put his phone on airplane mode. Yeah. That's oh, a trick. I'm, oh, I've I'm done that. Be sick. Both of you stop. So then he goes, all right, this is on Thursday at 5.09 p.m. All right, one more shot, Colin. Any plans Sunday night? Ever been in that place, Maury Tapon, a.k.a. the low-rent Glendale Benihana's? It could be fun. Let me take you. He really I could do- just wants to go. He doesn't even want to date you. He just wants like, someone wants to, go to go with to him to this fake Benihana's. The Glendale Benihana's. A.k.a. the low-rent Benihana's. Yeah, just I'm dying to go to like, Also, like, that's always a great way to present a date to a girl. Want to go somewhere low-rent? No. If I want to go somewhere low-rent, I'll go do coke at Thai Angel at four in the morning. So he goes, it's fun. Let me take you. I could do Monday, too. And I wrote, hey, sorry I didn't get back to you the other day. I was because I was still in Baltimore and just waking up and I was like, quote, that's a lot of energy for me right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, my entire next week is booked, but I might be able to do something the following week. Also, you should know, in general, I kind of like to ride my dates out as much as possible. I feel like it's a lot to see someone you just met once a week. And if I'm being totally honest, I don't normally kiss guys on the first date. And I don't think that if I hadn't had that many cocktails, I would have done that. And so I'm just feeling a little bit like I need to be very clear with you about how important it is to take it very, very slow for me. I would rather learn how to be your friend first. And he wrote, I hear you. I'm new AF to this. <laughs> I'm new AF. He's 38. He's adorable. I hear ya. I'm new AF to this shit. So forgive my awkward enthusiasm. I'm ordinarily, yeah. I'm ordinarily fairly chill. I had fun though hanging. So tell me if slash when might be good for number two. Also, do you know this restaurant? I mean, I, do you know that restaurant? And I was like, cool. I wrote, I'm in transit, but when I sit down and look at my schedule, and he wrote, sounds good. They said, I'm free Tuesday the 11th or Sunday the 9th. So, like, I'm giving him two weeks out, all right? Or Sunday the 9th if we did an early afternoon. 
He said, hey, so let's pencil in Sunday the 9th. Any chance you're free Wednesday the 12th? That might be better for me. And I said, let me check. That was on Thursday. I never wrote back. Dang. I mean, not that I'm, like, ruthless, but, like, no thank you. Guy before that I went on Tinder with, I had actually met him at a karaoke party, like, three years ago. Oh, wow. I was with my ex, and he was with his ex, who's, like, this little, like, Sheena Marie-style spinner. And, like, I'm, like, me, obviously. So I'm there. and But they were, like, my contacts at the party. Like, I, like, really liked them. Yeah. But the way he asked me out was, like, hey, we should go out. It wouldn't even be the first time we've met. Like, we met at that karaoke party. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, you mean like when I was with my ex and yeah, when you were with your ex, like yeah. made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like just felt like awkward phrasing, right? Right. Anyway, we wind up going on a date. He's fucking hot as fuck. Like he is hot as fuck. Like hotter than you remembered? Oh my God, yeah. That's like the hotter best. than I remembered. And like also just like perp, like he's great, right? right? And also like he's had a come up since I've last seen him. Great. And so I'm like loving this. I'm I'm living for it. Find out, second date, lives with his dad mm. um, in the back house. Um, still, I hook up with him because he's yeah. really, really hot, right? right? <laughs> but, like, we can't have sex because I have my period, right? right? So then I – but, like, at this point, like, I had had sex, like, two weeks before, so, like, the dam had broken. Like, right. I like, needed to have sex. It was just going to have to happen because I can go, like, five, six, seven – I've gone ten – I've gone almost a year without having sex before as an adult. It's not fun. <laughs> um, and – so I, like, needed to hook up with someone. He's really hot. He's super into me. We're hooking up, and he says to me, do you want to have a baby? In the middle of it? In the middle oh. of it. He goes, do you want to have a baby? Flaccid for that. And no. I was like, um. <laughs> you instantly dried up. <laughs> I was like, um, no. Right because, now? like, as you? much as, like, that would be my fucking dream, like, if it was the right person, I'd be like, right. yeah, let's, like, have a kid right now. Like, I definitely... I'm like, I'm not having a kid with – I've gone on two dates with you. I met you at a karaoke party. Was that supposed party. to be, like, dirty talk? Like, no, like, he meant he it. He was and in I, it? And I was like, and I was like, no, I was like, no, why would we do that? We just we just met. Like, I'm trying to, like, rationalize this situation mm-hmm. for him. And he's like, well, I've got really good genetics. And, like, I realize, like, this could be about the fact that he lost his mom last year. Right. And he's having a whole sense of mortality. Yeah. But I'm, like, not – feeling that you're not there and like to be honest normally like as i said i'm a, i'm a little bit psychotic like i could be there sometimes yeah. you know what i mean so the fact that i was that repulsed by it really said to me everything i needed to know about the entire situation right it, it was just like so that was the tinder date before that and then Ugh, and i was insane. off tinder and i tried to date a friend and then i've only weird i've only done one app date in my whole life i don't put what? i don't put myself out there a ton it's like not like my fave thing Who to do he? Um, he was a, he was a bald man, which is actually the only reason I remembered him because that's like the only well, aside from him being my only app date. I think it was Bumble. I think we met on Bumble. It was like the first summer after I moved to New York, and I had I was like hung over the day of our date and like had like immediately woken up and gotten really really stoned. So I think I was still a little stoned when I arrived for the date. Mm-hmm. And he was he was bald. He was a couple years older than me. He was like from like the bougie part of New Jersey that they film Housewives in. And um, he was like, like a Montclair, like yeah, one of those. Okay. Um, I'm not good with Jersey geography; it's all the same to me. Um, That's accurate. But, <laughs> but he was like, we drank like two bottles of wine. We got like pretty hammered, just like this wine bar in the Lower East Side, and we had like the best time. We're like making out in the middle of the street, and then I like he worked for the NFL. Yeah, and then I met up with Hot. him like a week later. 
and we got we did like a sober date. We got tacos, and I was like, "You're so boring. I want to kill myself. Yeah, like, no, this you, is awful. That's Any the hardest part. Like that. I yeah. Mean, here's the thing: is that like everyone says, like start with the coffee date because then you're gonna know if you can like even stand the person. Right. I can't. I just can't. Like I cannot sit across from a stranger, dead ass sober, and yeah. be like, "So, what do you like to do? Like, right. I just." I'll tell you what I like to do is, like, fucking not talk to you. Right. And, like, I, I do. I need to be a little bit lubed up to, like, go into a conversation with a stranger. Exactly. Is that terrible? No, I don't you, think that's terrible at all. You, you think I, yes? I don't think it's terrible. I think you need to examine why. Because that then, then you become reliant on alcohol. But I also that think – develops, like, a really uh, questionable relationship with substances. No, it's it's for me a more questionable relationship with dating. Yeah, and like, well, I think you're you also have a a, a unique approach to like Tinder and apps in general, which I find really refreshing because I think like my group of girlfriends in New York and my group of girlfriends from college, like when the app started coming out, a lot of them were like, okay, this is how I'm finding my next long-term boyfriend. And that, oh. that's just not like, I appreciate that you kind of have the sense of ambivalence about it. And it's kind of more of like a, like fun, like interview with a random stranger type deal. It's a deal. social experiment. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like, if I choose to, to dive into the apps now that I am a, a Los Angeles re- resident, like right. that's kind of the attitude that I would like to have to not make myself go crazy because I also like, I have I have the longest of dry spells and then I have guy friends and then I pull the guy friends out of the friend zone and then in two weeks I'm like, we're getting married. Like I just am all over yeah. the place. So I'm trying to like Are you single right now? I'm so single. Okay. So single. But Are you looking? Um, not I mean, I just moved here. Yeah. I was like probably at the point in New York before I decided to move where I was like getting ready to look. I had like a weird situation with like a dude I met on the internet and then he dumped me on FaceTime. He was like my burger. It was like a whole thing. Um, so like it is what it is. So I think I want to wait a little bit and get settled. Like I'm more concerned about like, I'm like a hardcore workaholic and I've had this problem before where I've only become friends with the people that I work with and then that gets messy. So I'm trying to make an effort to like build a group of friends here that aren't like still, you know, ambitious and kind of doing the same things that I'm doing, but aren't people that I work with specifically. So I'm more focused on that, but then I think I just want to have like a little bit more agency in my dating life and act because I also do this thing where like people will reach out to me on like Twitter or Snapchat or be like, you know, like, oh, like I want to talk yep. to you about social media or I want to talk to you about marketing or what this or whatever. And then I get there and then I'm like, this is a date. Like, this is a fucking I date. I did have someone ask me that yesterday. He's like, what's the presumption when like a guy reaches out to you about work stuff that you guys are going to hook up? And I think that that's how I started the conversation where he said like, there's a, there's something about me that like either I know I'm going into a date or I know I'm going into a work thing, but yeah. like guys don't try it with me. Yeah. Like, and I think, I mean, I, I definitely have been at meetings and I've been like, this guy's cuter than I think he, than I thought he was going to be. And there's no fucking way I'm going to work with him. So I'm going to take him to the smash zone. Right. That hasn't always worked out for me long term as this town is very small and eventually you do wind up having to kind of work with that person or that your fate at a at a position or company is in that person's hand all of a sudden. You're like, oh, wow, we've all grown up quite a bit, haven't we, since right. that first happened? Um, one thing well, one thing I really wanted to clarify, and then I have a question for you, is that I can go out, I can go on, on like a coffee date with a guy I've met in person that asked yes. me out. But if it's an internet date and I don't know this person, I like to meet for a glass of wine. Like yes. I go – I'm, I'm – I don't like to go meet at a coffee being sober in the middle of the day. I'm not going to find parking at Alfred Coffee. <laughs> like, I just, like, I want to take an Uber to fucking Edendale and buy, and have a Tito's martini and go home. Right. And, like, that's that's how I want a first date to go on Tinder. Otherwise, 
You're just sitting there with a fucking stranger. And who yeah. ever wants to do that? I agree. Sit with a stranger. Do you? I mean, I mean, it's just a part of life. It's just a part of life. <laughs> How do you meet anyone? We were strangers when we met. You know, everybody's a stranger. Yeah, we met until, at my birthday party. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, but like, we were strangers. And then and we I, sat, and I sat at Coffee Bean together and I every had, day. I didn't have a drink when I met you. Yeah. But then we but then we sat at Coffee Bean together sober every day for years. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I mean, again, like if it's someone that's like asked me out at a party or something, and then we go on a first date, I I won't have to, I like, I won't have to, quote unquote, have to drink. Right. Now, here's my question, because I've been running into a lot of burgers lately, and I've been realizing, like, oh, I thought this guy was at worst a big, uh-huh. meaning that I think the big is an abusive asshole, and I right. really don't love that narrative. Right. Um, everyone always wants the Aiden, but, you you know. I don't, no. I'm like an anti anti-Aiden. Yeah. Anyway, what is the problem <laughs> with Burger? What I remember what his problem was. I remember he was emotionally unavailable, but do, can we, did we put a, did we, did we nail down exactly what Burger's issue was? Um, He had a lot of anger issues. He was emotionally unavailable. I think that he was probably like a little like manic depressive. He was like really intimidated by Carrie's success. Because remember they had the same book agent. Right. And like his book didn't get picked up or got canceled or something. And it was sh- in and, a sale bin. Right. And so all of that was going on and he just kind of like really bruised his ego through that. Like it was hard for him to see her be successful. And then he would get... Like, really early on when they were dating, the, like, ex-girlfriend voicemail thing happened, and he got really angry, so I think, Wait, you what know, was the ex- They were, like, the first time Carrie- I just recently watched this episode. Uh, the first time Carrie spent the night at his house, his ex-girlfriend called and left a voicemail, and he, like, went into, like, a manic fit over it. Right, okay. And, like, called her a bitch and, like, all this stuff, like, was, like, super angry and, like, but then wouldn't talk about it in any kind of calm way after the fact. Yeah. So, like, you know, and that's, for me, that's, like, a like if any guy who just immediately is, like, oh, my ex-girlfriend was crazy, it's, like, okay, like. Oh, my God. By the way, <laughs> any girl in the world, if I've ever disliked you or been mean to you, it's because a guy lied to me about you and I'm right. sorry. Like, right. I am so, like, honestly, there are very few people that I pure dislike maybe there's a few of them but for the most part any girl that I've ever beefed with it's because I've been lied to by a man about her and I fucking believed it like an idiot so big apologies to every woman in Los Angeles I've been slightly cunty to at a party um, and Burger is the one that broke up with her on a post-it. So yeah, I feel like the well, 2017 that, yeah. ver- like version of that is being broken up with over FaceTime, which is what happened to me. You know, and it's weird, too, because it's like the grand gestures, like the pink carnations. Like he remembers that one little thing she says in passing at brunch mm-hmm. and you think you're in the clear and you're given all this hope. And then it turns out that person is still a fucking psycho and their actions will never line up with their words. Or right. their words will never line up with their actions. Like – don't talk to me. Just leave me alone. Go be <laughs> mentally ill at your house. Yeah. All right. You guys, that was episode 127 of Please Advise. Frankie, thank you so much for being here, girl. Thank you for having me. I got you a present. I left it in my car. You but did? it's a really good smelling candle. So I wish everyone oh could smell it thank with us. Thank you. Um, I I have Queen of Glendale matches for you and also that <gasps> yes. Britney Spears pencil I just gave Love you. Love it. Thank you very much to the girls who sent me pencils today. Their company is named um at LZ Pencils. And it's all they had. Okay, so I've been reading a lot about Britney. They sent me all these Britney Spears pencils, and I'm very thankful for that. And they also sent me some Britney Spears stationery, which I'm excited about. So thank you so much to them. Um, I gave Christina and Frankie pretzel, pretzel, pretzels. Pencils. <laughs> um, Frankie, 
most importantly for you, where can everyone find you online? Um, first and foremost, Twitter, I think, is a good place to figure out who I am as a human. My Twitter is just my name, Frankie Greek. Uh, other than that, if you Google me, it's going to tell you that I'm a Snapchatter. So my Snapchat is WT Frankie, which is a username I made when I was very young and I thought was very funny. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I would have to use in a professional setting. Wait, what is it again? WT Frankie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. I do love it. You know what sucks? That you can never change your name. On Snap? Yeah. Yeah, it's Pam. It's, it's a big pain. I'm also – I have a different handle on all social medias and it makes me insane because uh, it's just not very efficient. It's very hard for, like, people to find I'm me. I'm so mad about Mall's Official. Like, I'm so mad. I was told I had to save a name and I did because I was going to do something and then, then I wound up never working for them and then now I'm just I'm fucked. <laughs> um, what do you think is your next hair – color oh i actually i just i was gonna dye my hair this morning and then i ended up going to target you know when you move and you just go to target like every day i go to target every day regardless <laughs> of when i move literally like my phone almost thinks target's my home at this point um <laughs> it's like when you leave it's like two minutes to get yeah home. exactly it's yeah like, yeah like the santa monica target. um so i'm in i'm in my friend's wedding in a couple months and she i told her she could pick my hair color for the wedding so she wants me to do like a like a pinky silvery it was mostly my idea but she agreed to it so i have i have silver hair dye i have pink hair dye and i have blue hair dye at my house i'm just gonna see what happens and you're blonde right now i'm blonde right now yeah my natural color is like my eyebrows this dark brown so i don't know i, I love dark hair and uh, dark brows and blonde hair and I, yeah I'm, i dye my brows every time i go i like recently just stopped doing anything to my eyebrows and started getting a lot of compliments so i was like whatever and i saw like the very last episode of the new top model mm-hmm. and the one girl on it had had like platinum hair and these crazy brows and it looked amazing on her so yeah it's kind of it's very like uh marilyn monroe and nicole-esque mm-hmm. like it's but also a little suicide girlsy one thing i will say the best thing that ever fucking happened to me was when i moved and i lost my tweezers for two months in yeah. the move and i just couldn't do anything and i didn't have time to go to the salon and get them done so like my brows just fully grew out and now all i have to do is like get get the ones that are like halfway down the side of my face. Do you have eyebrows that ever come down here? Oh, heck yeah. And I'm and it's just like one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, you guys, I love you all so much. Um, thank you for listening. I'm Molly McAleer. Christina Lopez is our producer. Frankie, you're the shit. Thanks. Wagon Stiff's the best dog in the world. Happy belated National Puppy Day to everyone. And also, I'm not sure if we're going to have an episode next week um, because I didn't want to do two today. I just didn't feel like it. Mom needed a break, but I will we try. Mental health breaks. Yeah, honestly, I needed a fucking mental health vacation, which is very scary to say out loud because whenever people do that, I'm like, oh my god, call the police. But I do think that it. I needed a break this morning. I couldn't do two in a row. But this is what I will try and do for you. So I went to that matchmaking seminar. Amy and I recorded a recap podcast of it. I'm gonna have Christina help me pull those files off today. I'm gonna give them to her because as a, I was originally going to run that on emotionally broken psychos, and I might still do that for the Thursday episode, but I would like you guys to have it too because we learned a lot of uh, really terrible stuff. We learned some terrible information. Um, Have a great one, you guys. Bye.